Hello there, movie fans. Who are you going to call? That's right, you're going to call more movies, because this is weekly episode number 37. Oh. 36, but last year, last year I had 37! This is the podcast where we like to talk about films, cinema, movies, all that sort of stuff. My name's Greg Fisher, his name's Dave Roberts. How are you doing this week, Dave? I'm doing very well, sir. I'm doing very well. How are you, sir? I'm not too bad myself, my friend. Thank you very much. I thought this week we would talk about one of the most talked about sequels of last year, which was Ghostbusters Afterlife. What say you, sir? Sounds cut. Okay, so Ghostbusters. Are you a Ghostbusters fan? I'm talking the original 80s films. I bloody loved the original film and the second one and the animated series when I was a kid in the 90s. Oh, my God, remember uh, that? Remember that? Uh, the video game. <laughs> I loved it all. I loved Ghostbusters. Did you love the remake in 2016, Paul Feig? I, um, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> was it perfect? No, of course it wasn't perfect. Since that sort of fell flat on its face... What they've done is they've gone back to the drawing board and they have made a sequel. So one thing I want to say before we get into this is if you haven't seen Ghostbusters Afterlife and you don't want it spoiled for you, then you won't want to watch the rest of uh, the conversation here. You can either skip to the next chapter and watch the rest of the podcast and then come back maybe and watch what we said about Ghostbusters after you've seen it. Or if you don't mind it being spoiled, then you can keep watching. But this is one of those films that uh, if we're going to be talking about it, in any great detail at all, spoilers ahead. What I tell you guys, no spoilers. Obviously, the first one is a bit of a classic. One of the greatest films of the 80s, one might say. Um, it was groundbreaking in its special effects. It had great comedy performances um, from the likes of Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, you've got, obviously, Harold Ramis in there and Ernie Hudson. The sequel, Ghostbusters 2, I think generally is seen as it wasn't quite as good as the first one, but if you really love the franchise, you love the film. It's got yeah. its moments. Um, obviously, it's about that painting coming to life. Remember Vigo? <laughs> I actually remember going to the cinema to watch it. I think when when was it? Nineteen eighty nine, something like that. Yeah, it's like that. I was kind of young then, maybe uh, ten, eleven years old, and the bit where he's painting the eyes and the eyes go. Whew, God, that gave me a scare. <laughs> but yeah, good sequel. But then for years and years, they've always said, are you going to make a Ghostbusters 3? And for one reason or another, they haven't done it, usually because I think Bill Murray refused to do it. Bummer. Which is so Bill Murray, isn't it? It's just, no. It, it <laughs> pretty much is, yeah. That's Bill for you. So it, it wasn't done for years. And now I think after that uh, failure of the remake, they've actually got together and, and they've done one. They've done a sequel. Now, this is directed by Jason Reitman, who is the son of the original director, Ivan Reitman, who's now sadly passed away. So his sons took on the mantle. So it is interesting because, of course, as you say, Ghostbusters 3 has been one of them ones for years and years and years since I can remember. They keep on going, oh, we'll we'll do it, and it never came to pass. And and so, and it almost feels at this point, oh, is it too late? Is that is that ship sailed? You know. Um, and I remember seeing the trailer. Um, we watched the trailer with early and uh, near the end of last year when it mm. dropped uh, randomly in the middle of nowhere. And kind of my reaction was, oh God, it's yeah, it's Stranger Things. It's you know, yeah. it's all kids and yeah. all that. And I just thought, oh, I can't be bothered with any of this. 
No. And then uh, it was yourself who said, oh, I've watched it, and it's much better than I ever thought it would be, you know, yeah. um, kind of thing. Well, this then, is the so, thing. Yeah. This is the thing. I, 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 I was exactly the same as you when I saw the trailer. Like you say, you see Finn Wolfhard in there and the other kids, and you think, uh, what have they done here? And, and I yeah. think mainly that was sort of tainted by the fact that the Ghostbusters remake in 2016 was so bad. Yeah. That your faith in the franchise has kind of dropped a little bit. But that's actually worked to our advantage because, as we said, once you go in and watch this film – I personally found, and I think you did too, is far more entertaining and faithful to the original two films than one would imagine. It is. It's. It was a massive surprise. Now, it, it's. I, of course, it's not perfect, and I, none of these things ever would, would be. Uh, it's so long afterwards. Mm. But I thought it was a great little cast. Yeah. It was an interesting story. They, they, they kind of approached in the right way. One of the Ghostbusters, obviously Harold Ramis, who played uh, Egon Spengler in the first two films, has since passed away. But they've kind of used that to their advantage. So the ghost of Egon Spengler, uh, we see him at the start, he's still alive. We don't actually see him see him. It's done in a way that's, you know, it's not specified straight away. But he's there, he's trying to catch some ghost in his cornfield out in the middle of nowhere, because we obviously find out later that he kind of ran away from the well. He he kind of saw the end of the world kind of thing. He was going through his mind, and it was located in this town. And he kind of took all the Ghostbuster stuff and uh, with him. Um, so he uh, took the to car. The the he took the trap. Yeah. The, clothes, know, the clothes. The clothes. Yeah, yeah, and the um, the backpack. So all of these things that are famous from the first film. I loved all that stuff, like her testing the backpack out. When they start it up, it's like the Millennium Falcon. It's like, <laughs> you know, like it hasn't been started for 40 years. They take the trap to school. They show their teacher. As we've said, they test the backpack. Um, Finn Wolfhard's character, Trevor, he uncovers the car. So he takes it for a spin, you know. Um, yeah, I think they very easily settle down into a story where because it could have been really done wrong, but they really easily settle into this nice, uh, tight group into this kind of weird old town, which kind of suits the story of Ghostbusters. Um, For my hesitation in the trailer of seeing it going, I'm not going to buy into it, I bought into it really, really quickly. Same same here. And the performances were great. You kind of believed them a little bit. It was very sitcom-y in some ways. Yeah. Um, You know, the... uh, the Finn Wolfhard character fancies the girl at the diner. The mum's got all these problems and she falls for the teacher. You know, it's yeah. all the, the the basic plots. But it kind of just works in there. And then, as you say, interweaves these little, oh, they find the ghost trap and they find this and what's going on here. And, yeah. and, all, and uh, of course, the friend podcast uh, that the young girl meets He was school. brilliant. He's the exposition, isn't he? You know, he's, he's fantastic. so funny. He is, yeah. He, yeah, he serves that purpose really well. He's a great little like addition to the uh, cast in that sense. Yeah, straight away you find yourself enjoying it. I, one thing I felt that really helped as well was that they used the original score, yeah, and all the little incidental music that was written for the original film. They they reused that, and that helps to tie it to the past. Because that gave me the feeling that yeah, I'm what you know what I'm watching a Ghostbusters movie here. It's great. Yeah, but without, and I think this is this is probably the thing. So there's lots of re- you know references and, and iconography which allows it to tie back to its past. 
but they don't just recreate the past. And I think that's what saves it. I think a lot of these uh, sequels to films from the 80s that they've done in recent years, you know, you're thinking of coming to America and stuff like that, Mm. they're all basically rehashes of the same story. Mm. And that's really hurt them. Yeah. And this, it wasn't. It was uh, was completely new. They accepted where they were. Yeah. And uh, and took advantage of, of all that around it, and I think that worked really well. Yeah, really, really well. Um, the music was fantastic to, to, to hear all them tunes again. Yeah. Um, you forget that none of the original cast are there in front of you at first, and you but you still feel like you're watching a Ghostbusters movie. To talk about cameos, the first person we see from the original films is Janine. Yeah. Hello, Ghostbusters. You know she was a great <laughs> part of that uh, original crew. And then it goes on for a little while and the, the plot thickens and the story develops. And then we see Dan Aykroyd and she rings Dan Aykroyd and you think, there you go, Dan Aykroyd's um, cameo, brilliant. We got at least one of the original yeah. Ghostbusters. So just in that alone, I was kind of satisfied, even though it was just a quick scene and he's on the phone. He's like, don't ever call again, kid. When he turned up, I thought, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. They got Dan. I mean, he was one of the original writers as well. So obviously he's worked on this. Yeah. Uh, with Jason Reitman, that's that's helped. That's benefited it. It was his idea in the first place. I think he was going to do it with him and John Belushi. Belushi, they were yeah. kind of you know the Blues Brothers. They were the comedy duo of that time. They did a few films together, and I think uh, Belushi was uh, originally going to be cast as Peter Venkman, but uh, he died uh, of a drug overdose. So they had Bill Murray in the, in the role. And then, of course, the next big cameo, which was my favorite spot of the entire film. Paul Rudd is spending his time in the supermarket picking up some ice cream and what should appear from a, a little bag on the shelf but little marshmallow men <laughs> and lots of them and I thought this was I thought they were the cutest little things that I was like <laughs> I, I want a petting zoo of them I certainly want some figurines <laughs> on my desk of the marshmallow men I thought they were great well it's your birthday um, coming up so you never know <laughs> that's it I mean that was my favourite from the first film the marshmallow, the big marshmallow man I thought it was just brilliant well it was a great um, joke wasn't it clear yeah. your mind don't think of anything because if you do It'll manifest It'll itself come. and it'll come for the destruction of, of the world. And, and it's like, I couldn't help myself. It was the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. It just popped into my head. And that was the kind of humor from the first one, this kind of yeah. like realism of it that, you know, oh, for some reason, out of nowhere, I just thought of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. And then it's like, <laughs> there he comes through Manhattan, like Godzilla, tearing the yeah. place apart. And it was great. I thought it was great in this because they but obviously had these little marshmallow men. They're, they're running amok in the in the supermarket, uh, and they looked great. It was all done very well. But also, it really went in some quite weird places where they were like <laughs> turning themselves into marshmallow biscuit uh, things. Yeah, I think they called schmores. Yeah, they were blending themselves in the blender and all that kind of crazy stuff. And you were just like, oh my god, this is just like. And then what happens right at the end with the final showdown? you get the original Ghostbusters making a cameo. Bill Murray's back, Ernie Hudson's back, Dan Aykroyd's got them together and brought them back. Now, I am so glad that I didn't look at anything for this film um, after it was released until I watched it, because if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have had that joyous moment that I did have when they turn up at the end and Bill's there. It was basically that Bill's there. If it had just been... Uh, Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. That would have been great, but it would have been missing that 
you know, it's like, oh, it's still lacking without Bill Murray. Just his presence, because he was like the main guy in it, you know. He's the star, isn't he? Yeah. I loved all that. I just thought, this is so cool now. We've actually got them back together. It was. It was really cool to see see them back. Uh, They had all the personality. It was kind of done nice and quickly and kind of slotted in. It wasn't, like, drawn out. No. And neither was it just, like, a fleeting glimpse either, which would have been the opposite and worse, you know. Um, Yeah. They looked great, you know. All the little interactions with all the old gear, you know, because they're all dressed up and all, what have you done to the car, you know, and all that. Um, and the kind of combination of the kids and and the uh, the old guys all shooting the shit out of uh, Goza, it was just great, you know. It, was, it brought it all together, didn't it? Really it nicely. Did. I kind of knew they were going to appear in it because um, I didn't know in what capacity, but I had read something right uh, in fleeting uh, near the end of last year. I'd seen a tweet or something, and I uh, and it mentioned. Bill Murray cameo with Biggie, but I presumed it was just like, are we, you know, yeah, peers like uh, like, Dan, like Dan Aykroyd like had Dan, on the phone. Yeah, yeah. He might be watching the TV and go, ah, oh, I used to be a ghost or something. Exactly, but I thought for them it was to all be turn up in the jumpsuits with the backpacks on, they really had to be there, didn't they? I think that's the kind of it the, saved the it. cake yeah. because 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 this was meant to be Ghostbusters three. This yeah. film, in reality, and it's yeah. been all them years. I think if they did another one, mm. if that was the plan, no, we don't. We don't want them back again another time. I don't think. No, um, I think you have to move on. But I think in this instance, it is that kind of you got to have that one more um, because it's been talked about for so long. Yeah, uh, and and it kind of solves it really. It wraps them. it all up, doesn't it? Quite nicely. It does. Mm. I thought you might turn up. Uh, I thought the CGI job they did to bring um, Harold Ramis, well, not back to life, but back to the afterlife, <laughs> excuse <laughs> yeah. the pun, um, was quite impressive. It was. It was. It was, a- it was. It's interesting, really, because I, I I thought they did a really amazing job on the CGI. It was yeah. believable. You were in. Um, you weren't in Uncanny Valley, but. <laughs> The reason I think it works is because he doesn't speak. Yeah. And and that's always been the case. It's like when they did uh, Luke and uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. It's great when he first, where first walks in and he opens his mouth and it looks weird. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's always the problem when you're kind of CGI creating these characters. It's the moment the Plus, if they, unless they'd actually got a snippet of his voice from somewhere to fit yeah. in, it would have been odd. But it looked incredible, though. I've got to say, it, you know, it as did. a bit of CGI work, uh, the way they, they did it, I was well impressed. I thought, wow, that just looks as if he actually did appear in the film. Yeah. The kids were great in it as well. McKenna Grace, she carried it. Uh, Logan Kim as podcast, brilliant. Finn Wolfhard actually wasn't in it that much, uh, as much as I thought he was going to be, just kind of more supporting role. And, and that was fine. I thought he did a fine job in it. This is really my first real exposure to him. I've never actually watched anything with him in there that, that I can think of. Yeah. Um, and I was quite impressed at him. I think he's a, a, an interesting little actor. I think he was very good. As you say, I think the young girl was great. I think you should check out uh, the, at least the first season of Stranger Things because uh, it, it hawks back to all of the, this era stuff that we love (laughs) well yeah the 80s and and more more specifically more horror stuff really but 
you know, that kind of Ghostbusters edge to it. So he was a good fit for this, really. But for me, yeah, the, the little kid who plays uh, podcasts. He stole the show, didn't he? He was so he did, funny. And, I, and I, I want to see more of him. I want to see him doing stuff because, yeah, yeah, he was... Uh, he was good. He was really funny. Funny bones, I think. It's like, yeah, yeah. This, this kid's got something. Um, yeah, yeah, good lines. It was, it was well written. It was a well written story. Everybody had, you know, um, enough of a part, whether that be returning Ghostbusters with their cameos or people like Paul Rudd, he played a good role as the kind of like, in a way, he's like a supply teacher, isn't he? He's kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a dodgy character in some ways. But it worked well, I think, you know, in that whole thing, like you said, with the mom. You know, it wasn't a perfect film, but it was surprisingly good um, considering I, I wasn't and you weren't expecting much from it at all. So what do you think of Ghostbusters Afterlife? Was it your cup of tea? Did you enjoy it? Have you watched it too? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. It'd be great to hear from you. But that's that's all we have to say about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Dave, who are you going to call? Okay, so this week I thought, uh, just as something a little bit different, Dave, that we'd uh, briefly talk about some of our favourite shots in cinema. Are you up for that? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Because, you know, we're both... uh, we both appreciate a good shot. We do, we do. So I thought I'd uh, start the ball rolling with uh, this shot from the Three Amigos, which is actually three shots in one. One of the best shots in cinema, if you ask me. It certainly is. It certainly is. There um, you go, tequila. It's just he like makes beer. Me happy. <laughs> it's probably watered down. Yeah, I mean, one of my favourite shots, of course, is from one of my favourite films, which is, uh, you know, uh, an appearance uh, from Two Face in uh, The Dark Knight. I-, I thought he was dead. Half. Excellent shot there. The way it pours shot. out of his gaping wound is just unforgettable. It's a bit of a dribble. Um, going back to some sort of classic Hollywood new wave cinema with uh, 1969's Easy Rider, I've always appreciated this shot with Jack Nicholson. To old D.H. Lawrence. That's just a classic, isn't it? You know? <laughs> I mean, that's taking a shot straight from the bottle as well. So, you know, impressive. It's a lot of liquor. But if you want a lot of liquor, there's only one film for lots of liquor. Uh, if you want a great shot, it's uh, got to be The Hangover, hasn't it? Great film there. God knows how much booze they're supposed to have got through. But there you go. There's there's some of our favourite shots in cinema. We'll probably do some more in the future. But um, let us know in the comments what are your favourite shots in cinema. Okay, so in some quick movie news this week, um, we've had some news that Michael Mann um, is going to be releasing a sequel, but in book form, in novel form, 
to Heat. Heat. Uh, Heat 2. Wow. Um, classic original film as a crime Amazing crime original film, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the best of, of that genre, I'd say. One of the very best. Amazing uh, crime drama that really kind of still considered one of the very best in, in the genre, really. Um mm really defining but yes that is doing a sequel in in novel form which so, um so apparently the novel is going to um cover events that happened before the uh story from the movie and also after as well yeah so it's like reminiscences reminiscences of both i suppose you know from maybe from the main characters the al pacino and robert de niro characters obviously afterwards de niro's character won't get saying it because he gets killed at the end of the film but um it's an interesting choice isn't it because um obviously we saw quentin tarantino bring out the novelization of once upon a time in hollywood uh last year which was the year after the film came out so he's kind of brought the book out after the fact which was probably a good choice on his behalf because there's yeah. no in my opinion there's no way the book's as good as the film but um i i didn't realize uh michael mann was going to do same sort of thing in the sense of, you know, take one of his major film ideas and, you know. It seems, yeah, it's, it's a modern thing that the, a couple of them are trying now and is this going to become a trend of kind of new adaptations or, or sequels in, in written form? Yeah. Um, it, it's something I thought, I kind of thought, well, script writing and uh, novel writing are, are two very different disciplines. You know, even if you're a, a writer for film, if you write your own films, there are two different things um, in in approach. So, whether it works or not, I mean, for some people, I'm sure that they're multi talented and can do it. But yeah, it is. It does raise the interesting question because I just think the the it. format as well is so very different. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Michael Mann did write Heat. Um, I think he actually made a version of it years before. It was like a TV movie. Uh, I think it's called L.A. Takedown, but it's basically the same story as you get in here. Yeah. You've even got that famous um, uh, coffee shop conversation between the two leads, the bad guy and the good guy sort of thing, yeah. um, which obviously turned out, you know, in the film, it's Pacino and De Niro. It was the first time they'd been on screen together at that point. Um, so it was a big deal, that film at the time when it was released because of that reason. You usually had a Pacino film or a De Niro film, and it was the first time. Not that they'd been in a film together, because obviously there's Godfather 2, but it's the first time they'd acted on screen together, I think. Seen together, yeah. That's so, um, you know, it was a big deal for that reason. Um, and as I say, he did write the original, yeah, um, but whether he's whether that'll translate into a book form or not remains to be seen. We're going to have to get it and read it. I'm definitely interested to to see what he's done. I, I'd like to delve into that world again. Yeah, I, I love Heath, and um, it should be interesting to see what he's done with it. Um, so it, it's probably going to be on my list to, to get this year at some point. Definitely. I think it's slated uh, for later this year, isn't it, the release date? Sometime in August, yeah. There we go. Something to look forward to. So that just leaves us enough time to let you know what else we've been up to elsewhere on the internet this week. We have a reaction up on the YouTube channel here to Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which is the new Michelle Yeoh film. It's kind of a multiverse film. 
Um, looks quite action-packed, quite comical in its way. Uh, so if you'd like to see us react to that trailer, then the link is in the description below. The video's here on the channel anyway, but go check it out. Uh, don't forget to join us on social media. We are at More Movies For You uh, on Twitter and Instagram, TikTok, and all of those things. And you can join us on Discord as well. We have a Discord server, so if you'd like to come and have a chat with us over there, the link again is in the description below. And if you want to listen to it in audio format, maybe you're on the go or you just want to listen to us in the background, um, then you can check out our audio version of this podcast on all the major vendors, that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Et uh, we've got a link down in the description below with all the links you need for that. If you enjoy what we do here at More Movies, maybe you want to support us, you can leave us a donation at buymeacoffee.com because uh, we're always running out of coffee. We have to drink so much of it so we can stay up late <laughs> and watch even more movies. Um, and we also have a Patreon page where there are a couple of different packages. You can become a pledge and then have a say in what we talk about here on the podcast and the movies we review. So there's Patreon as well. Again, both links in the description below. Well, that's about it for this week, Dave. That's episode 37 all wrapped up and sent out into the internet. Any final thoughts before we go? Uh, just watch out for those ghosts. Don't want to get covered in ectoplasm. Keep watching more movies. That's it for this video. Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below. And remember to like, share and subscribe right here on YouTube. For more film reviews and articles, check out our website, moremovies.co.uk. And join us on social media, at moremovies4u. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all across the board. You know the score. If you enjoy what we do, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com or join us on one of our packages on Patreon. The links are in the description down below. And for more film-tastic content, click one of the buttons on screen now.